Hello and happy Saturday. I hope everyone's had a good Saturday so far. Um, it's been interesting for us. I know that for sure. Um, it's it's hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been really good either. Like this whole, almost whole month hasn't really been the best. Uh, but things are coming into light and everything is changing. And, uh, you know, dealing with toddler stuff and... Getting closer to the preschool days and being, you know, a, a pregnant mama of the second child and all that good stuff. So, funny fact, um, my husband is on call. So, it's it's been, inter excuse me, it's been interesting because um, he just actually went out the door. And what happens is if the people at the station take everybody to the call, then he has to just go sit at the station. He's, since he's technically not full-time paid yet, he's only volunteer. They need someone to sit at the station until they get back. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting to see how w the call turns out because uh, it sounded interesting over the pager. So, but probably not as interesting as what we're going to talk about today. Um, hoping my Bluetooth headphones hold up because they're only at 60% charge and I like going hands-free, you know, and all that. So, okay, here we go. Um, okay, so <laughs> the chapter a lot of you have been waiting for, Sex and Marriage, Chapter 14, okay? So, <laughs> you guys... I mean, uh, I'm going to, okay, so sex is always a double-edged sword, and I'm going to explain why. Because a lot of people say it's not that big of a deal in a marriage, because it's not the top of the list priority, but at the same time, it's technically our primary source of marriage. Um, it's one of those things that, you know how we talked about the physical touch on the last segment, well, sex obviously is um, has to do with all about physical touch and penetration um, and feeling good and having that um, closeness to your partner and uh, you know and plus you it it brings a lot of benefits to the life of marriage. So. You know, when we marry, we make powerful declarations of consent before God, most of us. Um, you know, we make vows. We make commitments. And we willingly agree to love and to honor during good times and bad, till death do us part, right? But the vow that makes marriage different from any other relationship is the one we often think least of. To forsake all others and cleave only to each other. To forsake all others, what does that mean exactly? Well... We know it has something to do with monogamy, but it is so much more. To forsake means to leave, to abandon, to renounce, and to turn away from entirely. Well, turn away from what? Sex with other people. Well, this is simple, yet complex. Because in saying this, you are trusting the one person to meet your sexual needs and desires for life. For life, people. For life, Okay. And they, in return, are trusting you to do the same. Well, other people can fulfill our need for the friendship, love, conversation, entertainment, but only a spouse can fulfill our sexual needs. 
The marriage does not end when we seek others for companionship. It does, however, cease to be a working marriage when we seek others for sex. Hence why a lot of people get divorced um, because of this factor. I'm not saying it's the top of the list factor, but it, it does play a big role in not getting what you need from your spouse. So this is no small thing. The weight of this responsibility must be taken very seriously. Your spouse's sexual needs are entirely on you. Okay? If you don't meet them, who will? Because of the vow, because of the promise, they have no other options. And it has been said for centuries, you know, problems in the bedroom will often end the marriage. I recently, you know, well, Anne says that she, in here, she says she has recently watched a movie that dramatically portrayed this concept. Cat on a hot tin roof. Which I've never seen, but when I read that title, I did feel like I had to, like, go looking for it. And it's based on Tennessee Williams play stars Elizabeth Taylor and Paul Newman. Big Mama, Paul Newman's mother in the movie, confronts his wife, Maggie, played by Taylor, about their marital problems. The whole house knows Brick, played by Newman, has been sleeping on the couch. Big Mama padding bed says, when a marriage is on the rocks, the rocks are there. Right there. And this is so true for the accumulating act of deepest intimacy and indeed expressed in lovemaking. So when it's there, the marriage is great. When it's not, the marriage suffers and can eventually end up on the rocks. So one partner for life. One partner for life. And it does sound, it sounds so restrictive, limited, even a little bit daunting, if I say so. And now we're over sex culture. Monogamy has gotten a bad rap. Why even bother with a marriage when it's often so difficult, right? Promiscuity makes promises of freedom, of more fun, of excellent, with responsibility or hassle. But the truth is, promiscuity fails to deliver on these promises. Okay? So, countless studies have found that sex without love damages the heart the mind, and even the body. As we mentioned in the previous chapter, having sex two to three times a week within a loving, monogamous relationship or marriage lowers blood pressure, relieves stress, and even boosts immunities by increasing immunoglobin levels by as much as 30%. Okay? Now, we didn't know, we didn't really talk much in the last chapter about it. I know I've mentioned it, but I wanted you guys to wait till this segment because it explains a lot better. Okay? So sex and loving marriage increases blood circulation also. Lowers obviously blood pressure, reducing the risk of heart disease. And the firefighters have the highest risk of heart attacks amongst first responders. So honestly, if you love your firefighter, love your firefighter. Men who have sex two times a week cut their risk of heart disease in half. In fact, sex has been shown to be so good for the heart that doctors are calling for a screen to include men's sexual activity when assessing the risk of heart disease. Okay? And it helps with preserving the physical oneness that is at the heart of a beautiful marriage. Okay? And marriage is a dependent upon your willingness to be faithful to each other. 
and faithful to your understanding of the marital bond. Unfaithfulness to either is a betrayal of your covenant. Okay, constant and continuous obedience to your vow will increase the likelihood that your marriage will be blessed. Your home will be a place of peace. And your relationship will be one where you both grow in love. Okay, but it begins with understanding and recognizing your spouse's sexual needs and why meeting these needs is so central to a healthy marriage. Okay? And it's important to remind all of you that this is experience from a, you know, a lot of this is experience from a lifetime of, you know, what Anne says, working with couples and now in the fire service. Okay? I mean, she's she states that some of this will certainly fall into the category of opinion, but all is based on experience and supported by research and materials that have greatly benefited our relationship. If your situation does not seem to fit, apply what works and fill the gaps in ways that are productive. Just make sure it's actually working and not just the latest fad. This, there is a respectful disagreement in many areas of discussion on this topic. Well, uh, yeah, we're committed to sharing what we found to be true and hope it's helpful in providing or stimulating search for those answers. Okay, so when a man marries... He promises to be faithful to his wife for the rest of his life. He trusts her to fulfill him sexually. And okay, guys, there's been research that shows that men, the first thing that comes to their mind, there was a survey taken. I can't remember. It was a whole deal. Um, what is on the women in men's mind? Okay. Most of the time. Guys, most of the time men have sex on their mind. It's, it's a, it's a gr great percentage is what the survey came out to be. Women had a lesser percentage of sex on their mind. And they had other things on their mind. Mostly emotional. Because we're emotional creatures. We, that's how we work. We work emotionally. Okay? We don't think about getting hot and heavy when we're feeling certain emotions. Men, they can... <laughs> they can feel sad and somehow still have a raging boner, okay? And, and it's just like, it's just like, well, thank you so much for thinking of my feelings, jackass. But, you know, but this is where you work on your marriage about it, okay? So, I'm not <sighs> where was I? Where's my notes here? Okay. So, the man has to promise to be faithful to his wife for the rest of his life. He trusts her to fill him sexually. Well, if she is unwilling or unable to meet that vital need, and if he's moral, he's literally up a creek without a paddle, right? Just like, kind of like what I said. Unlike air and water, a man can live without sex, but not happily. So fundamental and powerful is his desire for sex that he may be ultimately driven to be, have an affair. Now, yes, I know it sounds like you're pointing men out because guess what? They started this whole affair shit, okay? And I'm, I, that's what I believe. That's my opinion. I believe the men started this crap because women have to handle their emotions first before they give what is offered, okay? That's it. That's my belief. That's not a, a, a case study. That's not research. 
That's just yeah. an opinion yeah, from me, one human being. So, so just remember, most cases of sex is not just a marital need to a man. It is a number one marital need. For what fucking reason, we will never know. Especially as women. We will fucking never know, okay? What, do we wish that it was never, do we wish it was ever a one priority thing? No, I really wish it was never a one number one priority thing. But unfortunately, that's how a stupid ass man works, okay? And it's it's tiring. It can be tiring. Let's just get that out of the way bluntly. And then take a breath here. <sighs> okay. Okay, so yeah, what, so what about women? Okay. Do we need sex like air and water? No. Um, typically, we do not. Among the women polled, sex didn't even finish in the top five. Like I said earlier, several studies done with this area indicate that a woman's sex drive is lower than a man's. How? I don't know. Because I swear, women like me out there who actually have a high libido, it just seems like can't get enough. <laughs> but, you know, it's whatever. So, young, married men wish to have sex tw- once or twice a day, while married women typically only want it once or twice a week. And men are aroused quickly and easily, obviously. Holy crap. Tell something we don't know. And sometimes even against their will. <laughs> what stimulates a man? <laughs> well, just about anything. Anything, guys. Like, a man could be staring at a freaking wall and be like, damn, that paint looks good when it's dry. And like I said, how raging hard on. But they're gener- generally, they are stimulated visually. more fit and healthy they are, the stronger their sex drive. As their testosterone levels is higher and their circulation is better. Okay? Firefighters tend to be very fit. Just depends where you're from. <laughs> um, so Anne writes here in the book, Handbook of Individual Differences in Social Behaviors. Sensation seekers gravitate to high-risk jobs and activities such as firefighting and mountain climbing. So sensation seekers are those who love excitement. You know, they're adrenaline rushers, the challenge seekers, the risk takers. You know, so therefore, lots of sex. There you go. Most men have a very high um, sex drive when it comes to seeking and thrilling for, you know, the adrenaline rush. Speaking of my husband, here he comes through the door. Um, now, there are a lot of firefighters who can still have an adrenaline rush. And somehow, still not seek intimacy, for what reason? All that has to do with bodily function. Like, it can be the lack of sleep, the stress. So, therefore, that brings a lot of that libido down. Um, You know, even if they're still working a full-time job and then going to, you know, like volunteering. And then going into calls in the middle of the night. So... Still, even though, yeah, they still have that drilling rush and they're, they're loving that feeling, but, you know, there's some, some don't have the sex drive that's there afterwards because of everything I just told you, okay? 
maybe drinking pop too much or eating very little or eating a little bit too much. Um, you know, maybe there's a lot of diseases that run the family heart-wise or anything else that can actually lower it. So, no, I don't want you to think that just because there's always a fire or there's going to be this, you know, big crash on the interstate. Don't expect your firefighter to come home and be like all honed up to throw you into a bed of freaking roses and start going at it. Um, because don't forget what we've talked about chapters and chapters ago that they still need re-entry time and they still need to rest. And usually even resting can actually help build up the libido. But just remember also when it comes to sex, there's always that compassion and respect when it comes to each other that it's almost like you guys have been told or we've all been told our whole lives before we got married or when we got to the age that we can understand, we could understand that we need to treat our bodies with respect. The person who is with us needs to treat our bodies with our respect, our mind, our hearts, our souls. And when we connect with that person, we need to connect with them on a very high intimacy level that when you connect, it's almost like euphoric. Okay. It's, it becomes very euphoric and that nothing should on the outside be coming in to penetrate that euphoria wall, okay? Um, Even though, yeah, traumatic events and stuff on the job can sometimes be one of those things where if you guys are, let's example, hot and heavy, he he or she all of a sudden like thinks of something that they did on the job for 24 hours and it was very traumatic, they're going to lose their steam, okay? And so this is where you need to be very understanding, as well as the men need to be very understanding as well. If a woman goes through a lot during the day, especially if she stays home with her fucking kids all fucking day, that would be fucking great if you could put the boner away for a little bit and actually fucking listen. Thank you. Um, that'd be great too. But that's where you guys just have to come to an agreement. And I know this is going to sound stupid. It has sounded stupid so many times, but sometimes you have to probably make a date night. Unfortunately, there is scheduled sex and it can't just be, let's do it now. You may have to just schedule it. You may have to actually pick out an evening and just bring each other to undivided attention of each other and show each other how much you love each other. Give that emotional connection. Give that emotional support as well as the affection and of course, simple touches, like physical touches, like we talked about. Just remember that either one can't just get what they want within a snap of their fingers. Okay? There is stresses in life. You can't expect even women to always want to do it. You can't always expect the man to always do it, even though it did say that they think of sex all the time, once or twice a day. And the research shows that. But just because the research shows that doesn't mean it, it cannot change. Or it can't change. It can change. Technically, when did this research that she put in this book happen? It probably was years ago. And then she wrote the book years later or whatever. And she put it in here. For all we know, research has changed. Because humans are evolving 
our sex drives are evolving. Everyone's evolving. And so, therefore, relationships evolve. Okay? I mean, our revolution is coming to bitter, you know, beginnings and um, finding what's right for the human race, it seems like. Today, everything just fucking sucks, in my opinion. But, um, so just kind of apply that to your relationship as much as you can. Because even if you have to go to an intimacy coach or counselor, be my guest, be my guest. Um, because even though it's hard to ask for help, but asking for help will actually help. So, let's see here. We all know and love Mike's little uh, end of the chapter, um, you know, spiels. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, okay, apparently these are pretty long, except for this last one, but we're going to read this list. It's called needed and necessary. Number one, the need for sex is going to find fulfillment, whether it happens with your spouse or someone else. So the need for the connection that only sexual intimacy provides is too strong and too important to go unmet. And he says, I've sat across from so many firefighters who have found out their spouses are having affairs and were absolutely clueless. So many times it's later revealed sex was lacking in the marriage or they were just having affairs on their own. That is a scary reality. Number two, sex should not be a chore. Again, sex should not be a chore. One more time, sex should not be a chore. Okay, it's one of the great tragedies of marriage that the busyness and pressures of life impose on a vibrant sex life. I plead with you to stop letting that happen. Make taking care of each other's needs a priority and make it a goal to have fun. Okay, and he says <laughs> you would absolutely be shocked how much affection, goodwill, reward enjoyment comes out of a focused effort to meet each other's sexual and affection needs which you will um i know i found that shockingly good uh from time to time and sex will fix a lot of other stuff i'm not just talking about when you guys get into an argument and then all of a sudden like you have each other up against the wall and you're tearing each other's fucking clothes off that's i mean i'm not just talking about that like it will also fix like stressors, okay? Um, any kind of frustrations that you're feeling, and then even if it didn't have to do with your spouse. Get real is number four. <laughs> number four, get real. Don't expect stupid stuff from your spouse. <laughs> Just because you saw it in a movie, like mm, 50 Shades of Grey, you idiots, <laughs> uh, or cheap porno flick, doesn't mean it should be done. I cannot stress how important it is to come to an agreement with your spouse on com comfort levels. Like, mm, backdoor anal, knock, knock, who's there? Okay? Make sure you're always communicating with that kind of stuff. Five, the before me. Make it a priority. Put your partner's needs before your own. Similar advice is going to be mentioned in multiple areas of this book. 
That's because this is what works. Selfishness is ugly, unsexy, and boring. Those three characteristics are not the typical attributes you think of when dreaming of a sexual partner. Please just make the pleasure about them. Insist upon it. Imagine ways you can delight your spouse and make them feel special before wanted. If you're doing that and it's coming right back at you from the other side, all will be right in the world. So, last but not least that he writes, number six, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Well, let's see. <clears throat> in the real world, life does not always fit your desires. Well, no shit. But... Those are some good words. By this, I mean your spouse is not always going to be in the same mood as you. Well, no shit. Especially as it pertains to physical touch, like fatigue, pain, stress, and a host of factors can really distract from intimacy. Like I said earlier, give them a break. Don't get angry or pouty or whiny or desperate. I'm pretty sure I've tried them all, he says. Uh, have the grace to just accept the mood is not right and look forward to the next time it is considered. I mean, it is. Consider filling the gap with something that will brighten the day, such as a massage or a long walk, you know, even holding hands or interlocking pinkies. Okay, while you're watching a movie together. These moments of understanding go a long way toward creating an environment of trust. So guess what? Yes, sex is important. Number two, no, it's not that important. Number three, Enjoy each other while you can. You don't have long for this world. Four, you might just have to schedule sex. Five, understanding, communication, and trust. Okay, you, remember, you made a vow on your wedding day. Stick to it, motherfucker. Um, please try to put your spouse before yourself, okay? Especially if they've really had a traumatic experience. Sorry, that's very blunt. And remember, yes, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Guess what? Deal with the no. I'm talking to you, men. Sometimes you need to respect when no means no, and we don't really want to do it right now. Okay? <laughs> so, but please love each other and respect each other. Communicate, work on your marriage. Um, guess what? Gonna get you excited for the next chapter. It's called pornography versus marriage. Um, there's highs and lows of that is you know, as a lot of us do know, but let me tell you something in this next chapter it explains it very well. So thank you, Ann and Mike, again, for your advice and your overall uh, experiences and your research. And I will talk to you guys later. Don't know when, obviously, but later. Have a good evening.